Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 676 for March 19th, 2021, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Jill McKinley, also known as Jill from the North Woods, who you've heard from before. I've been using a Mac since 1984, and other than a three-year stint using Windows Vista at work, I've been heads down in the Mac operating system all that time, so I don't know what it's like to learn the Mac. Jill has recently bought her first Mac, which, as is usually the case, turned into a second Mac purchase. She's still straddling both operating systems, though, and honestly not using macOS too much yet. I thought it might be fun to have her come on and chat about what it's been like to learn macOS and the differences and challenges with getting into it that she's finding. So welcome to the show, Jill. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. So I thought it might be good if we started at your your history of where you came from with using computers and operating systems to see where where your where your brain is. Sure, no problem. I started way back in the 8088 range of PC computers, and that was because I could build my own. And I was from a very poor family, and the only way I was going to own a computer was if I built it myself. So I started building computers way back in the day. And I started learning how to manage memory and everything else manually because my computer was so terrible I couldn't do anything with it. Oh, wow. But with yeah, so with learning how to manage my own memory and load things high and that stuff we don't even have to do anymore, I became a good PC expert and then eventually moved into Windows when Windows came out from PC DOS. Oh, so you you weren't even you're talking about pre Windows. Pre-Windows, yeah. So I, I started way at the, the old age. But I always kept my eye open. I was always really interested in what Apple was doing, even though I knew it was something I couldn't afford at any time, but just interested because I like computers. So what were you doing with a computer when it was back in the DOS days? Back in the DOS days, primarily I got into computers because I could not read my own handwriting. And I was looking for... <laughs> anything that I could type my papers in, my homework in, letters to my grandmother so that I can print it off and then send it to her instead of writing it by hand because I could not even read my own. And I played a lot of games. Huh. PC-DOS games. PC-DOS games, right. So I got... Gosh, I don't even know what was available back then, but there were all sorts of different adventure games. And then eventually when the modem came where you put your handset on top of two plastic, I don't know how to describe them, suction cups, and you dialed up, then there were other games that were even online for it. So primarily between typing and playing games. But I also learned how to program in BASIC. I learned Fortran. So I was also interested almost in everything computers. Now, what did your uh, parents think of this, you know, learning to do memory management and that sort of thing? Well, my dad was very glad about the computer part of it, but the gaming part of it, he was very angry because he said, it's never going to get me anywhere. I'm never going to be able to get a job with that. And so he kept trying to get me away from the games and more into the programming aspects, which huh. In hindsight, that's good advice. Yeah, not 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 the worst advice. So not you, the worst advice. <laughs> what kind of uh, so what kind of Max or well, was it even Max back then? Right, what was around right. in the Apple sphere? Gosh, I remember my first contact came. I think when we sh- were shown in school a video about Lisa. Oh wow! And my mind was blown. I mean, I was just like, "Wow, that's that's so amazing!" And I just, you know, couldn't wait to see that around. So, did anybody? But, you know, it hasn't followed it. That was kind of the uh, precursor to the Mac, as I believe, right? Right. I, th- I think it was named after his daughter, even. But I was excited. That was just so mind blowing. Well, our just friend thought... Mike Brand bought a Lisa, and then when he had a daughter, named her Lisa. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a good idea. Yeah. So where'd you go after that? So, you know, that took me all the way through high school. But when I went to college, my grandmother wanted to buy me a computer and the Apple IIc came out. Oh. And because she basically said money was no issue, I went out and got myself an Apple IIc. I love the fact it had a handle on it. I don't know. I was obsessed with the fact I could walk around with my <laughs> Apple IIc. And yeah. you can't walk around with the monitor, which made it weird. But um, so I had an Apple IIc and I had a printer for it. And I went to college with that. And I loved it. I started a paper typing business with my friend. So we would tape, uh, type other people's papers. Oh, wow. And this was back in the day when most people did it on typewriter. So we could actually take corrections, just correct those items and just reprint it. So oh. we could do corrections to paper within an hour as compared to most people who had to retype their paper. Okay. So, yeah. So I would charge them $5 for a disc and, and 
then, you know, hand them their paper so we could edit it anytime. But you moved on from from the Apple PC. Yeah. And I was a little burnt by Apple, to be honest with you, because like I bought a game. It was called Zaxxon, I think, or something like that. And they told me, well, this company didn't get our permission to produce a game for Apple. We ask you to rip it up. And I'm like, (laughs) ripping up this game? (laughs) That's not going to happen. What was wrong with you? And then I couldn't open it up. I wanted to open it up and look inside. They're like, well, if you open it up, you'll lose your... And so I wasn't very excited about Apple at that point because it just felt very restrictive to me. But then what basically happened is I got out of college and I, again, was poor. I didn't Mm -hmm. have that great of a job. I had introductory jobs. And so I couldn't buy myself another Apple. I had to go back and build, start building myself PCs. Okay. Yeah. So I started back up with the PC building and got away from Apple almost entirely. Just some places at college that had it. But You know, I, I think it's funny looking back at the early Mac days, uh, you know, today people go, well, yeah, but you can't game on a Mac, you know, because nobody games on a Mac. When I first got a Mac, the PC people would all say, well, it's just for gaming. It's not a real computer. It's just for gaming. (laughs) Wait a minute. I think we've come full circle. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably true. It was funny. And that was part of it, too. I wanted to play games. There were no games on Mac that I knew of. And it seemed like a Pixar thing. It seemed like a high-end digital graphic editing piece. That was something I wasn't doing. And so I really, and I didn't have the money for anyway, but I went back into the uh, PC world and started building my own machines again. That was fun back then though, wasn't it? Building a PC? Uh, Oh yeah, it was great fun. It was, you know, had all the little pieces and yeah, it was fun. I don't know if you know, but I did build one once. I built one for my my son. I, I was really disappointed though. Really disappointed. I spent weeks picking out the parts and in four hours, I was done building it. And the only reason it was four hours was because I didn't seat the Wi-Fi card properly and I couldn't get online and I had to open it up and fix it. I thought I had like weeks of entertainment. People talk about building their own PC. I thought this was a home project. Keep me. I'd have fun all summer. It's like four hours later. I was like, well, now it's just a Windows PC. I didn't. I, I, I did it for my son so he could game. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the that's the lure. So um, yep. those are the yeah. good old days. Right. So where did you go from there? Uh, you're, you're strictly a Windows girl. What about uh, what about phones? Um, so for phones, I had a Windows phone. I started all the way at the Windows Phone 1, which I really liked. I really liked it until they um, went all the way up to, I think, 6.5, where they ended up breaking it um, and, and starting over with the 7.5, which was nothing else worked. Anything mm. that was older didn't work. And one of the reasons I really liked Windows is that everything always works. It never stops. It, in fact, I have a screensaver that was for my 8088 that still works on my computer today. It's hilarious. Wow. I mean, that's that's really so, old. So, and so there's a downside to carrying all that baggage <laughs> with you, but the upside is everything always works, right? Everything always works. And so what happened is when I got uh, a better job, I ended up having to take a test for... Windows contract that was coming to my town. And it was all manual memory management, which is what I did as a kid. (laughs) And it was hilarious because I completely aced that test. And it was entirely because I was a poor gamer who wrote my own boot disk scripts and knew how to load memory, and which was something that Windows did for you automatically anyway, which was funny. But I did get the job from Microsoft because I knew how to do all those things. Oh, wow. I didn't know you actually worked for Microsoft. Well, I was an outsourced company. So, I mean, okay. I worked as a Windows 95 support agent on Go Live Day. And oh, wow. back in Windows 95, we my wow. team took the first call, which oh, was from gosh. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> really? Really, yep. It was great. If any of you were too young to have seen what Windows 95 Day was like, that was a, I'll never forget the videos of the party that they threw. That was huge. Oh, yeah, it was great. And so then the company just taught me a lot. You know, there's a lot of training and education. I was very impressed with Windows because we only had one statistic, which was how happy is the customer at the end of the call? It wasn't how long the call was. It was just as you make the company happy. And, And I was just very pleased with them. I learned a lot more about it. And I, it was funny, too, because if you remember back in the Windows 95 days, it had 
oh, I can't even remember the band in it, but it was like a song about Buddy Holly at the end of the CD on the Windows 95. And so every time I wanted to please one of my customers, I'd say, can I show you something cool? I want you to go to the disc and I want you to click on that file and up oh, would come a funny. music video. And everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> a music video. So oh, that's funny. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I never used Windows 95. I never yeah. used Windows. Uh, actually, over my mother's shoulder, helped her with Windows 3.1, uh, and then, but never used any of the operating systems ex- except uh, Vista. So, yay! But we'll get to that yay. in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, you picked a good one there. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. I was being belligerent one, because right. uh, XP was still the company standard, and if they were going to make me use Windows, I was going to use the next thing that they weren't supporting yet. <sighs> I had to make sure I was still being annoying to the uh, to my managers and stuff, so that's why I picked Vista. Good decision yeah, so, on my part. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was the place to get in. So anyway, we also got to support IE one, which was awful, and Office one, which was fantastic. So it was a you know a, a great experience for me. Office one, yeah, wow, right, interesting. Okay, so at some point, uh, you have to. You have to be done with, uh, yeah, probably was just called Word back then, yeah. Um, at some point, you had to be done with Windows Phone because they abandoned you, right? Right. So at that point, I had Windows Phone. I love that thing. It was completely flexible. I had all sorts of neat apps on it. But I have to say, I realized the fact that I'm downloading apps from who knows where. And luckily, at that point, no one really thought, oh, let's hack a phone and steal this person's information, which was lucky for me because you got apps from everywhere. They ended that software product, and at that point, I had to decide if I was going to go to Apple and get an iPhone or go to Google and get an Android. And I am not a Google fan. I try to keep Google out of my house. I don't try to have Google objects in the house. Um, I'm just not a fan. So iPhone was it. That was where I was going to go. And I bought the 4S. Oh, you got in at a good time. Yeah, it was a great phone. I love that. And I loved it so much that I talked all my friends into getting an iPhone 4S as well. Because when I bought a phone, a Windows Phone 1, nobody had phones. Nobody had smartphones. I was, in fact, Sprint gave me, it was, um, I don't, they gave me a deal where I could have a data connection for $10 a month. Because what's going anyone going to do with data? <laughs> and they kept it for almost 20, they let me have that for almost 25 years. Oh, wow. And Showed them, I bet. Yeah, because they just never, I, as long as I didn't change my plan, they never booted me out of it. And at some point they go, you know, it's time, right? Get, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Up with but, me, huh? but there were so few people who had smartphones and I was a system admin at that point, And I wanted to be able to remote my remote desktop to my servers and fix them if something went wrong instead of driving into work. Okay. And so, yeah, so I had, but then at that point when I went to iPhone 4, it changed my whole world. Suddenly I had productivity apps. I had all these things I could do and I just loved my iPhone. So I, I have actually never really talked to somebody about what's the difference. What's it like working with a Windows machine with an iPhone? I don't, I don't even know like how that works. I guess we do so much in the cloud now that it's not like you plug it in anymore. Yeah, you can. And that's how you back it up. But it was the iTunes software, which still exists in the Windows world. And... I would tell you that most of my friends do not like the iTunes software. We think it's crazy town. It doesn't work that well until recently. Suddenly they got it all going and it seems to be going smoothly. But it was a really hard program to deal with. Half the time you'd plug in your phone, it wouldn't recognize your phone. Mm. And you didn't know from our perspective, is that Windows fault or is that iTunes fault? I think it was Apple's fault. Actually, yeah, everything, was, everything I've yeah. ever heard about that software was it was not something you were like really excited to go launch. Yeah. So the only time you really have to plug it in is to back it up if that's what you want to do or to sync your music to it. So those are the only right. times that most, it I think most cross. people today don't even do that, right? You use iCloud uh, for backups and you use, you know, whatever music service you want for your music. I think most people don't, I, I think most people don't plug their phones in. Not anymore. Yeah. I haven't done it in a really long time, but, yeah. um, and I don't really belong to any music service. So I still have every single song I own on my iPhone. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't really even have a service. I just you do it the old fashioned way. I could but do that I, in a few kilobytes because I only own 12 albums. So yeah, I don't have much. So it's perfectly fine. I Jill is around. actually kind of on my team on the music issue, right? 
right? I got like 10 songs I just love. And if I feel like I want to listen to a song, I'm like, oh, that was great. Number okay, I'm seven. done <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, right, right, right. I, I'll listen to that song. Okay, I'm done listening to music for the month. <laughs> right. That's over with, right? So it's, um, but it's funny. So you don't really need it. iCloud's a little weird too on um, Windows. I, I ha- We haven't quite figured out what the source of truth is, what how it works. I feel like uh, on OneDrive and other things work a lot better. Oh my gosh, I can't stand OneDrive. OneDrive yeah, drives it's... me nuts. I can't figure out, you know, someday maybe you could sit down with me and get me to figure out how to ever do anything in OneDrive. I, yeah. I, I, don't get it. I don't understand it. I understand Dropbox. I understand uh, Google Drive. I understand iCloud Drive. And iCloud Drive is pretty weird, but yeah. I can save things to, to uh, OneDrive and I'll never know where they are. Yeah, iCloud's the one thing my friend, she bought a subscription to get more memory on iCloud and she keeps asking me to help her support it. And I'm like, I don't know how that thing works. I'm not sure. <laughs> so I, that's my line in the sand is iCloud on, on Windows. Ooh, but on, yeah. you know, on Mac, it's great. And I, I've actually increased my own subscription here. So. Okay. So uh, uh, last year uh, you bought, was it last year or two years ago? You bought my MacBook Pro. Yeah, it was a year and a half MacBook ago. Pros, and now you have, what's your, what's your new Mac? And then I bought a Mac Mini when it came out back in spring. One so of the new I, M1s. Yeah, one of the new M1s. And the M1s really enticed me because I really liked the idea that iOS apps could potentially run on it. There were a number of iOS apps that I feel like I've invested in since the iPhone 4S. Hmm. And just being able to run those, I thought, that's really great. I, I, you know, I really like so to do that. Do you actually do that? I have done that on some of them, but to be honest with you, I don't think it's as useful as I thought it was going to be. Like, I don't refer to them very, very much. Yeah, I, I played with it very briefly, but I think the only thing I played with was maybe Overcast, and I don't listen to podcasts sitting at my desk. So that's that's, right. that's for exercising time. So uh didn't end up using that. Right. I put Eyecatcher on there. Um, I think the biggest thing that was great about it is I could not find a Mac radar app. I'm a big weather nut. I couldn't find Mm. a radar I liked in the Mac world. And so I got to grab all my iOS weather radars and I threw them on the Mac and I'm like, oh, there we go. That's great. So that's been the big win for me. Well, that's an interesting idea. I actually should go through my apps and see what does exist on the Mac. I, I, I literally have not actually walked through that. The one big thing I wanted to have exist was Instagram because there's no Instagram app for the Mac and the web app doesn't work to upload photos. You can look at other people's photos, but you can't upload them yourself. And then uh, Facebook came out and just went, no, can't have Instagram on your Mac. Right. Doesn't work on the iPad either. It's like, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, so I bought the the MacBook, and that's great. I needed a laptop, and I didn't have one, and so that was really great. And I realized what a great, solid piece of engineering it is. I mean, that thing is built like a tank. You know, you probably walk on a customer trip and get mugged. You could club someone with it. I mean, it is just <laughs> a really great machinery, which, you know, I have a Windows laptop for work, and that if I dropped that, I would shatter into 10 billion pieces, but... Well, I don't know whether I would test that on the Mac. No, no. So the Mac I sold you was a 2016 MacBook Pro, I think. Is that right? I think it's a 2013. Wait, 2013. That's right, because they've got the 2016, 20. They're every three years. Um, Yeah. Except maybe this year it'll be shorter. But anyway, uh, yeah, so 2013, I think I was impressed with that Mac because it was still a great Mac. And that's now eight years old? Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it still runs great. It, it, the only thing that entices me is the M1 chip yeah, right, for having right, the right. iOS apps, and which it can't do. And but I don't know if it's enticing enough for me to replace it right now. Your old MacBook is great, and I okay. use it all over the. But but you don't use it as much as you 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 aren't using either Mac as much as you thought you might, right? I think that it's because when I get on my computer, I'm re- really either going to do one of two things. One is play a video game. I still play games, not as much as I used to, but it's my big stress relief in mm-hmm. life is to play a video game. And the other one is productivity. I'm trying to get something done. I'm trying to get my podcast edited. I'm trying to work on something for work. I am so fast in Windows, and I know it like the back of my hand that if I'm trying to get work done, I can get it done in a hurry in Windows. And so every time I get on the Mac, I'm clumsy with it because I don't do it. And so if I just do it, I'd get better. You know, I I think that's the thing that made me really want to talk to you because 
my biggest remembrance of Windows Vista was not that there was anything well, no, I did hate it, but um was that like you say, I felt so clumsy. I didn't I I I could get done what I needed to get done, but I felt like I was I was, you know, trying to paint while wearing snow gloves. You know, I I just I was clumsy. It was a it was arduous to get there when I felt like with the Mac I just felt like a pianist, but you know, 30 years of experience on the Mac and none on Windows, it would be understandable. But I in 3 years I never got to wear, you know, 3 years, 8 hours a day stuck on that PC. I never got to where I felt like I could do anything smoothly. I I could get there, but it was it was just clawing my way every time, and so and, I, yeah. I is it, I mean maybe it's lack of brain uh, plasticity or something on my part, but it was interesting to hear you say the exact same thing. Yeah, it's it's been a struggle for me, and it's some of it's just that the scroll button one way is up and the other way is down, and sometimes it's the command key instead of the control key. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. weird stuff that, like I said, you just I think you just get into a pattern of things, and it just becomes hard. And if you're thinking, well, if I'm going to work on something and I can get it done in an hour, I can stumble my way through it on a Mac. I'm going to get it done in an hour, but you never learn it if you never try. And so I have been trying it more. Lately, probably okay. in the last month. Okay. So what kind of things do you do only on the Mac? So one of the things I think, first of all, in the course of time, is that it used to be everything I love to do was only on Windows. Okay. And then there were iOS apps that I didn't realize were also Mac apps, like day one. Day one, what to me, was an iPhone app. And then I suddenly learned, no, there's a full-blown app for Macs. I had no idea. Oh, day one so, is a journaling program, right? It's a journaling about program. On the show before, right? And so, and most of my stuff was only in the Windows world, but slowly but surely, everything has been going um, like where they have cross-platform work. So, primarily on Windows, I only had my games, okay. but uh, when it comes, you know, and I had some software for editing photos and. Doing some basic work like uh, Office 365, some graphic editing software. But as we've gone in time, the Capture One, which is what I use to edit RAW, both platforms. Office 365, both platforms. And so now almost everything, except for the games, is both places. And so I can do them either place that I want. Interesting. So you you could... You could maybe get yourself to where you the PC was gaming and the Mac was productivity, except that when you switch to the Mac, you're not as productive. I'm not as productive. One of the ways I've tried to correct that is I got through the recommendations of your community and you is to remote desktop into the Mac Mini. So the Mac Mini is upstairs in my recording studio now as my primary recording device. Okay. I can remote to it from my Windows machine and get practice at it, which is a silly way probably of accessing your Mac, but it's giving me time to explore it better. I connect to my Mac Mini using my iPad, so I don't think that's silly at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what is that experience like through, is that using just, what is it, RDP, RDC? Or... I used the Screens app, which oh, okay. came as a recommendation. So, which is nice too, because now I can also use it through my phone, and I can get access to the Mac Mini everywhere, which is really nice. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. So, but isn't that kind of uh, hard to get used to? Say, for example, the Control v- ver- key versus the Command key if you're sitting on a Windows keyboard talking to a Mac. Yeah, it doesn't help with that. Yeah, that that <laughs> might be a little bit of the problem there. <laughs> yeah, that was, it's always funny. So what I do is I put my Mac in one of my screens downstairs and then the Windows is in the other screen. And okay. so then I just Slide switch back, back and, and forth, forth, which is more confusing. You're right. Do, um, what about things like uh, control panels on Windows versus system preferences on the Mac? Is that a, is that hard to make the switch or does that just, you can figure it out? I can figure it out, but again, I have to dig on it. I think that I am so used to troubleshooting Windows. I'm used to the control panel items. I struggle because I downloaded my XML file to my for my podcast, and it wouldn't let me open it in anything but 
an XML reader. And I'm like, I just want to open it in Word. How do I get you to open? It took me like an hour to figure out how to get it opened in Word. Or at one point, the app store broke for me and I spent times deleting keychains. And Mm. I don't even know what they are, but I followed a website and... (laughs) It started working again, and I'm like, "Yay!" Now, opening an XML file in were you, in uh, in uh, uh, Word, were you going to edit it, or you just wanted to look at it? I just wanted to look at it. Ah, I'll tell you the trick: open it in Firefox. Ah, okay. Firefox doesn't render it. The problem is that everything else renders it. This doesn't render it. It just shows you the raw the the raw uh, XML. Ah, right. And then it's just those silly things that kind of get me one way or the other. I'm like, why is this not working? And I haven't had to troubleshoot too many things. But, you know, I find that I do like, despite how archaic it is, I like File Explorer on Windows better than I like Finder, which is weird because I don't think that there's fundamentally any difference between them. When you look at them side by side, you're like, yeah, they're pretty much the same thing. I found I found the file explorer confusing because like it was really hard to see the top level of my disk. Like I mm. just want to see how much how much disk space do I have and how much is full and I couldn't find that. I couldn't get to the top. I I, f- right. I always felt like I was buried a level deeper than I wanted to be and I didn't know how to pop up and and see the top level. And I there Windows somebody would help me, but then I'd forget by the next time I wanted to look at it. Yeah. No, there's like my PC, which will show you how to, it will show you that. But you're right. There are some better visualizations when it comes to what's on your drives in uh, Mac. Some weird things like there's something called Sound Mixer in Window that does a little bit about I want to hear this input and that output and I want Discord to be quieter and I want this to be louder. Oh. And And I sit there in Mac and I go... How do I make that happen? <laughs> yeah, what? no, uh, no, you really can't. Uh, you can with SoundSource. Yeah, right. There, every sound problem could be solved with writing another check to Rogue Amoeba. I really think they should uh, they should provide a buy all button because I buy them all separately. <laughs> I think what I found in all of this is as I'm buying utilities for the Mac. I'm getting better at it. So then I get okay. bartender and then I get a right click utility and suddenly everything is feeling more natural to me. What do you and mean by I, a right click utility? Oh, it, it gives you additional, um, I, I forgot what it do was. You mean called. like contextual menus? Yeah. So, because I'm just so used to right clicking on something and being able to do, print, you know, visualize or preview. And then I'm like, why won't, why doesn't right click do anything for so me? So right click does do stuff all over it the does map. does do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is just enhanced, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that that is interesting. There was something I was going to say back on the file explorer. Oh, I know what it is. On the Mac, if you do a save as, well, they hide save as, by the way, on a lot of apps, which is really annoying. <laughs> but if you hold down the option key, you can always get save. By the way, option mm-hmm. key. Option key. <laughs> just that is a blanket phrase I'm going to give you right now that when, you can't, when, when you're looking for something interesting, hold down the option key and hit the same thing you were just hitting before. Uh, so for example, if you're in the finder and you, you click on go, you can't see your, your library folder, which is where all a lot of stuff you need to get to when your diagnosing is hold on the option key and hit go. And now library shows up or click on the, if you click on the Wi-Fi symbol, it just shows you the Wi-Fi you're connected to. But if you hold on the option key, all of a sudden you get all this stuff about your IP address and the router ID and your channel you're on and country code and all this other cool stuff. Lots of times option, just, you just start. Hold down option key and click stuff. You'll you'll find all kinds of stuff in there. You'll enjoy. Um, Got but it, I, yeah. But I was going to say, in, when you do a save as or a save from a uh, document you just created, um, the window you're shown is the Finder. It looks exactly like the Finder. It's identical to the Finder, but I don't think it is on Windows, right? It doesn't it's look not like necessarily. File Explorer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it is. I think there's an API, and some people pick a different file finder than what came with windows and that confused the daylights out of me because i expect right. i like the fact that the, and people love things like total finder and default folder x and all the stuff and i and i don't want that i want it to look like the finder i want it to be the finder all the time even right. when the finder's irritating me right now in big sur but that's another topic yeah, I, I think that as I get more used to it, like I said, I get some additional tools and utilities that will help me feel a little bit more at home. I think I'm getting better at it and giving it some time. It was funny. I was trying to do screenshots of something and I sat there going, 
wait, how do I do screenshots? Now that I got a screenshot, how do I get into my clipboard? Oh, I'm so confused. But eventually I got it. And now I'm rocking that and it's going um, just fine. Did you know there's a screenshot app built into the OS? Um, other than the command shift for that's actually invoking it. But if uh, this this is another another trick in inside the applications folder, there's a folder called uh, utilities. And take a look in there, and there's a bunch of other stuff in there that you might not know exists, and it's kind of kind of fun, good stuff in there. Um, but one of them is uh, called Screenshot, and that's the thing that's getting invoked. But if you if you invoke it from the app, you get a whole bunch more options. Oh, that's uh, great. And, and you can like do video screen record and stuff like that. You can do an area or a full screen or whatever. But yeah, learning the keystrokes is is fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big keyboard command person, and so that's why I've yeah. been trying to learn them in Mac better. But I, I think overall, it's what's interesting to me is I feel like Apple is moving in the direction that I like better. It used to be, or at least it felt to me, that Apple was very aesthetic. I'm going to make this white, and everyone must have a white Mac because I love white, and you're all going to love white too. And I'm like, I don't want a well, white Mac. until they were crazy <laughs> and wild, and they made a black one. I know. You know, I know that those was, were... and then they oh, and they charged extra for it. That was my, I think it was like two hundred bucks extra for the black MacBook. <laughs> Right. Or I remember, I think that CD-ROM was taken off of a device because they thought it was ugly looking. And I thought, oh, but that's so useful right now. We don't even, you know, it was before the internet. What else are we going to do without a CD-ROM? So it felt to me. I don't know that that was because it was ugly. I think it was because it was old school and new school was going to be, you know, USB ports. Yep. I agree. I agree with you. I think that's true. But it was my impression, and it might have been wrong, that it was because it was ugly and aesthetically not pleasing. And for whatever reason, I think that now Apple is, we're going to make fantastic hardware, which was always their thing. There are some devices now that the price point has come down, like the Mini, mm-hmm. where it comes into a range but that I want to spend money on, or even MacBook Air, which is an enticing price for me. I have iPads all over the place. Oh, you do? And, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you'd gone iPad, too. Oh, I have all the iPads. Well, not all the iPads, but I have a lot of iPads. So it feels like the Mac was inevitable for you. Yeah, I think it was the last piece for me. And I was always excited to try, you know, to learn it or to be on it. And, you know, it's helpful. But Apple's looking towards security really impressed me and Hmm. privacy. And I've just not felt like they've made a bad decision when it comes to that. When so many companies are selling your data, I thought, I, you know, Apple is starting to rise in my estimation of of all of that. It also feels like Apple is making progress on things. They're trying to break new ground. It seems like they enhance the operating system quite a bit. I think Windows 10 is pretty much like Windows 10. And File Explorer is the same File Explorer that was in Windows 95. And so it feels like there's no innovation there as much as Apple. Interesting, because one of the questions I was going to ask you was, you know, why go to all this effort to slog your way through learning this? You know, what it, it sounds like it's such an uphill climb and you're great at Windows and you love Windows. So why to do that? But you've just given some reasons. But I mean, Microsoft has certainly done the same. I, I mean, the Delta, at least from where they were in their security right. model to what they are now is spectacular. I mean, there's there's not you know, the the daily mockery available of some dumb thing that Microsoft did in security. Now they're, they're a secure platform and they don't sell your data that I know of. Um, so they've got the privacy angle. I think they're just more interesting in other things they're doing now. It's not that they're, so. they're not a great platform. They're just not as, it's almost like it's in contrast. They're doing so many interesting things. It's just, maybe the operating system starts to look mundane because it's not the most exciting thing they're doing. I think that's true. And you're right. I do appreciate Microsoft. There is nothing that they've done either that I dislike. It just feels like it's not moving the ball as much for me, I guess. I I see this attempt for Apple to try to do so much more. But you're right. Part of the problem is, is that they are focusing a lot of energy in Office and some other things. But to give you an example, they bought Wonderlist with the idea that they're going to enhance their task list options, which Mm -hmm. they've done task lists forever. So don't you think that they would be fantastic at office productivity? 
But their task list is pretty much the same as it was when since it was whenever it came list. out. And instead uh, of actually, bringing in... They've, they've, oh, they've definitely... I think they've improved. Um, I'm a, I was a huge Wonderlist user. I'm a huge Microsoft To-Do user, which is the follow-on product. Mm-hmm. I would say that they've done huge advances in To-Do so that now To-Do is almost as good as it was when it was Wonderlist. Because when to do like when to do first came out, you couldn't do shared lists. Well, then I don't need wonder list if I can't share the. I mean, I don't need uh, Microsoft to do. Um, I think but like yeah. How about multi layer projects with subtasks? I don't think you could do the last time I looked in, in any task, but I don't think you can do sub subtasks. Yeah. So it's not. It's more for the light user. I mean, I need to right. you know I keep like my Christmas lists in it and stuff. Uh, <laughs> right. I did just figure out that there's a it's it's very difficult to well it's impossible actually on the Mac to take a an item from one list and copy it to another list. You can mm. move it, but you can't copy it. And the instructions say, "Well, don't worry, you could do it on the web or in the Windows version." Well, the web version tells me that I don't have a a Microsoft Teams account, so I can't do it. Oh, weird. And it's like, "Well, okay, that was that was odd. I'm not sure about that, but uh, yeah, that's probably not their most shining thing, but I still like that they've got it and they're reasonably good stewards of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's things that I like about them. Part of what worries me, too, is they try to invent hardware. They came out with a foldable tablet, which I really like. They never went anywhere with it. They had Zune, which I think in a lot of ways was better than iPod. I know I'm going to get just beaten up from everyone in your community <laughs> for saying that, but Zune was great. And then, well, we're just going to end it. And yeah. I'm like, why did you? What's wrong? And so it seems like they get these great ideas and then they just end them all the time. So I also feel like I can't trust. I was surprised they went as long with Surface as they have. I was pretty sure that if I went in and bought a Surface Pro laptop. That would be or, the end of it. <laughs> yeah. And then they would end it and it would be over with and I'd feel real sa- sad about the whole thing. So, uh, you know, I was I yeah. was chatting. I think it was in our Slack uh, at podfeet.com slash Slack. Everybody join. It's really fun in there. Um I was I was talking about oh I know what it was it was in reference to something you wrote so there's an ad that just came out recently by Intel and it, they've gotten Justin Long to be the representative doing the exact same character that he did in the I'm a Mac I'm a PC commercials except he's just Justin and he's showing how stupid Macs are and how awesome Windows machines are especially with Intel inside. And uh, one of the one of the ads, he goes to a table and he shows all of the form factors you can get for a Windows box. And uh, I'm sorry, specifically only laptops. And then uh, and then that there's only one for the Mac. And and you said that that commercial that commercial in particular did speak to you. It does. Um, I've had a lot of different form factors when it came to big gaming rigs that were monstrous and had pretty lights or business la- computers. But when it came to laptops, I had an 8.1 HP Mini once. It was funny. It was hilarious. It was tiny. I mean, smaller, probably like Mac Mini size. Yeah. <laughs> but it was all I needed at the time. And I love that choice. I love wanting to say how many USB ports it has, what kind of video support it has. And that choice really appeals to me. One of the problems I see in the Apple world is it feels so limited that these are the choices you have. There's no like touchscreen. Yeah. Yeah. You like it or you don't like it. You know, so is the next one going to have a touchscreen? I love my touchscreen on my work laptop. Do you? Could I get one? Oh, yeah. Could I get one on my Mac, you know, at some point? That'd be great. You know, it feels like there are limited choices that are there. Or even when it, you know, Mac mini is great, but I don't know what I would do if I needed something more, you know, and then you get, there are some configurations, like how much hard drive space and how much RAM and everything else. But there are, it feels like I like the choices of the Windows world. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, of course, could give all the reasons that the, the, the commercial was slightly unfair because it didn't show that there were actually two entire laptops, not one. Right. <laughs> but they're the same two. form factor. But this is where we got into it. Uh, you talk about the touchscreen came to mind that I've asked, I've got an incredibly scientific sample set of about 10 people I've asked, uh, so it's proven, um, that everybody who has a, a Surface where they can tear it off as a, as a tablet and then use it as a PC connected, they all tell me they only use it as a PC with the keyboard. And so hmm, I, it's a form factor people want to say that they'll use, but they don't actually use. I had a Surface. I had one with work. 
And I kept it until the day it died. And the hilarious thing is we had an auction to auction off all our old machines, and I won my Surface back again. <laughs> was so it dead? So I own a Surface, huh? And it was dead? No, it wasn't dead. It was just old. Oh, you said I mean, it until it, it died. Oh, well, I guess from the work point of view, oh, you know, okay. that they just said we're not going to. End gonna... of life. Okay. End of life. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I won it back, which was hilarious. But the interesting thing is they offered me a 2014 MacBook or my Surface Pro. What? And everyone in my work, number two on the auction list was like, please pick the Surface. Please pick the Surface. And I did. I picked the Surface because they wanted the MacBook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I did use it as a tablet. I used it all the time so as a tablet. So you tore it off and stuck I it tore on it off and, and, and tore it off? Okay. So 10 to 1. But what yeah. I thought was funny about my argument about that is ever since I got the uh, Magic Keyboard for the iPad Pro, I very rarely tear it off. Oh, I tear it off when I'm doing, uh, when I'm using Notability. So I'm scribbling, <laughs> that's where I'm scribbling on it with a pencil. But I, the rest of the time, that thing is always in there because it's a great keyboard. I'm not going to type on that screen. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, I think my use cases are different for the devices. And so I bought a keyboard for my iPad and I've never used it once. Really? Interesting. Yeah, what, uh, what keyboard did you get? Mm, I am... Not sure. I think it was built into the cover, maybe. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what okay. it was. Whatever it was, yeah. it wasn't memorable. That's for sure. It wasn't memorable, but I never used it either. I mean, I still have it. It's sitting over there that I just took it off and I never used it again, primarily because what I do with my iPads is a lot different. But okay. I am interested to know that, it, you know, that when I got into the MacBook, I stopped using my iPads much. Really? Yeah. It, it, oh. I, so I don't know that I'm going to buy another iPad. Interesting. What... Huh. What stuff did you do in your iPad that you're now doing on the Macs? Well, okay. So part of it, it has to do with just the fact we're stuck at home. Mm. I, I'm i a trainer uh, at my company. And so I have my training manual sitting on my giant iPad Pro and I walk around the class mm -hmm. with the training manual in front of me. And I say, you know, turn to page 57. It looks like this. And I hold it up to everyone. And so I do that. Um but yeah, I also use it when I'm back at the hotel room and I want to watch a movie and I want to read my emails. And so I did a lot of that. I think that the MacBook replaced that part entirely. I see. I see. Well, that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, as nerdy as you are, have you played around in the terminal at all? I have not. I, I have to say, I'm quite a bit frightened of it. I know you wrote a whole book about it. And yeah, I was going to say, I, should... I got a book for you right here. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to tackle that at some point. I, I I did some things. There was some troubleshooting I had to do when um, an operating system change caused one of the apps not to work hmm. on my Mac. And you had to actually run it from a command line, from a terminal line. Oh, and okay. that's the only way that it solved the problem. And so I have a little window in my MacBook where I can just run that. Okay. Every By the I way, the to. terminal is also in um, uh, is also in that same utilities folder. Wow, where the yeah. snapshot <laughs> is, if you're ever looking for it. Yeah, I think you would. Uh, I think you would really dig it. I think you'd have some fun with it if you got into it, because that's where you're just down at that that root level messing around that you seem, yeah. you seem to you seem to like. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's it's been that way. Part of what I like about Max too is that it's not the walled garden iPads are. You know, iPad uh -huh. says you must buy everything from the store. And that's something I've never liked. I like the fact that Mac says, well, be careful, be careful. You're going to download this from another site. Are you sure you want to do that? Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, I can do that. And I heard um, Bart say something like that, too. I just want my wall garden. Leave my wall garden alone. And I like both. I want to make that choice, you know, and that's really well, it, it, I something I like in Mac. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%, and I agree with Bart 100%. I don't find, with with one distinct exception, I don't find any, I don't feel restricted at all being stuck in the walled garden of the App Store on uh, iOS and iPadOS. That doesn't bother me at all. I'm perfectly happy. Where do I get apps? I get them from the App Store. I've got them all there. It, it works great. I, I don't have a problem with it. The um, But on the Mac... I have so many apps that I use that I get from outside of the app store. Um, the big, the only thing that really gets to me is that they haven't ever let anybody get deeper on the iPad into getting to audio sources. So for example, I could not be recording this podcast as we are today, uh, the way I'm doing it today on the iPad. There's ways to 
to like you you can be on Skype, but you can't also be recording Skype. Things like that. Right. You, you, it just doesn't have the capability of doing that. I've not checked that lately, so I, sh- I really should check into it. But my Rogue Amoeba apps, you know, I live and die by Rogue Amoeba, and they can't do any of their tricks on on uh, on the iPad. So, yeah, on the iPad, I, I think that. I'm probably like one of those dog behind one of those invisible fences where I'm just dying to get out. I just don't know what out is. You know, I can't think of anything offhand that I want to get that I'm not allowed to get. But I want out. I want to get out. (laughs) At least I want the choice of being out. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's that's a fabulous distinction. I love that. So Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about or should we drop it with your, the, uh, the dog behind the invisible fence? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think I said it, but you know, that just more the fact that Apple feels to me like something that's moving more in the direction I've always wanted. Maybe I'm moving in the direction they've wanted as a customer. I have a little bit more money than I had before. I have a little bit more flexibility with my budget than I had before. And now I'm, you know, interested in, in that as well. But you can end it at, you know, <laughs> you can end it at the wall dog. No, Jill thinks I edit. That's what I think is so funny. No, I, yeah. I'm not going to edit this. This is all in here. Oh, well, in my th- podcast, I can't say three sentences that without editing out one of them because of the, the middle one was foolish. So <laughs> my middle one is foolish too. I just don't care. You seem to care <laughs> about like being intelligent and sounding intelligent and stuff. And that, that's not ever been a problem for my, for me. Yeah. Well, I think it might be fun to check back in with you maybe a year from now. We do our, an annual check-in and see whether you feel like you're, I, I don't know, more of a, a, a pianist and less of a piano player when you're, on the, uh, when you're on the Mac. Yeah, I think that would be great. I mean, I, I think that someday when a MacBook with the M1 chip comes out, that's, and if it had a touchscreen, it would be even more enticing. You're not going to see a touchscreen. Not I'm not going to see a touchscreen. But, not anytime soon. But, but, you but will, if it did. But you will probably see an M1 MacBook Pro. Uh, well, I mean, you know, the MacBook yeah. Air is already out there. But if you want right. one with more ports on the on the MacBook Pro side, you're probably going to see it in June. Yeah. So I have believe. a decision coming up about what I'm going to do about a laptop next. Mm-hmm. And that'll be where you'll see if I end up buying a Windows laptop or I end oh, up buying God, another God. MacBook. You really want to buy a PC with a 14 nanometer process? I mean, this, Intel just announced their newest, latest and greatest chips that are 14 nanometers and Apple's already at five. I mean, I, they I thought, can't touch it. Yeah, I saw that comment in there and I thought what was interesting about the comment is... When I go and buy a PC, I look at the software I plan on running and what their, not just their minimum workstation requirement, but what their recommended workstation requirement is. So mm-hmm. I buy beefy enough computers that it'll last me eh, probably seven years, five in the seven year range that's there. I have never once looked at my resources. I don't want, know what the nanometers are. I have no idea what my heat is. If I look at a computer's resources, it's because that computer is dying and I'm about to throw it out. But you do look at battery life, correct? I do look at battery battery life. Battery life is related to efficiency. Efficiency, you lose efficiency when you have heat. heat. And you have heat when the traces are farther apart because they got to go do more work to travel across that that path. And so right now, I wouldn't have known how many nanometer process I was on except that Apple just beat the pants off of everybody going down to five. I mean, there, there, yeah. Intel was supposed to be down to 10 this year and they delayed it. They're not down to 10 yet. And Apple's, I mean, you're getting, you do look at speed too, right? Do you want to buy something that's super slow or something that's super fast now to last you those seven years? That's you know, it's one looking. of those, yeah, I look at the specs and then I buy the computer and then I'm done with it. And again, I will never look at the specs again until I'm about oh, yeah. to throw it out. Yeah, and I only do. Well, it's impressive. Yeah, well, it's impressive. I'm impressed with the MacBook, and I'm certainly impressed with the M1 chip. I think that's amazing. And that's what's really drag. So before M1 came out, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to buy another Windows laptop. And then M1 came out, I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Now that's appealing. That's that's really nice. So Maybe you could look at benchmarks of the applications that you actually run. Right. I mean, editing raw photos, That that that's heavy lifting. Oh sure, I've but I don't have any problems in my window machine of editing raw photos. I've never had lag or delay. Actually, that's that's funny. I'm going to bring in a window story there with my uh, my father in law had um, 
uh, had a Windows machine and we were trying to convince him to upgrade. And he said, uh, he said, I was saying, you know, this machine is so slow. And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about, Allison. It's just fine. I turn it on first thing in the morning. I go downstairs. I make a cup of coffee. I make some toast. I eat my toast. I come up and it's booted up already. I don't have any problems with it. And when he was on dial-up, I don't have any problems with it. This is just fine. I don't, you know, it's it's working just fine. And then we got him on a cable modem and he's like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. <laughs> yep, I get that. And I see the stats. I, I mean, I know the architecture so much better. Yeah. It's just probably if you said, Jill, you can have this chip or you can have purple, I might be like, ooh, purple's nice. Purple's nice. <laughs> but I don't... <laughs> But I don't know. You know, I, I, I do like architecture and I do like a computer to be competent and fast. And so, like I said, the M1 chip changed things for me quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, and, and I can see that. I don't know that there was a, a compelling reason to to switch to the Mac from Windows um, before this. But today, I just really feel sorry for Windows users that they can't have, an, uh, you know, a, a fast, efficient chip that gives you a machine that's got a, I mean, there's a 20-hour battery life, 20 hours, and they don't right. even lie on those. Yeah. So, yeah. I, mean, I agree. I go to meetings. I go to business meetings, you know, fly all over the United States and go to these meetings and everyone's looking for a plug and... <laughs> Right. Imagine if you didn't have to. That, that you just you flew across have. the country, checked into your hotel, raced out to a meeting, and you're still going to sit there and and be in the meeting all day and not have to worry about it. That'd be yeah. that'd be insane. That'd be insane. Like I said, it's winning me over. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> you can check back with me in a year and see what happens. I do understand though, that, and and I'm glad we had a chance to talk about the things that make you feel clumsy with it because it is. Uh, I it's so easy for me to take for granted. Like, well, you just do this, and and I have to keep remembering back to my Windows Vista days when I could never figure out how to do anything. So that's cool. I, I'm glad you're learning it though. It's fun to it's fun to talk to you on both sides of this. Uh, maybe I'll be um, bilingual in both languages uh, by the time there you a go. year goes by. That's the people who win is learn to play with both. You don't see me volunteering to get a Windows PC, though, do you? <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for your Windows laptop, you know, purple. Every once in a while, I think a Surface might be fun. But I think I need somebody to give me one, so not spend my money on it. <laughs> but anyway, this was really fun. If people want to chat with you, would our Slack be the best place for that? I think Slack would be the greatest place to chat. I check it frequently, and I love to see the great conversations that go on there. Yeah, so anybody go to podfeed.com slash Slack, look up Jill McKinley, and uh, yeah, you are attentive in there, and it's a lot of fun having you in there. I really enjoy your contributions. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad-supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the PodFeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSilla Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSilla Castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.